Welcome to this edition of Rob Gold. Uh, I, as always, I am your host, Rob Gold. Um, this is, as I say, the footballing wrestling chat for the week. Um, and that obviously we will go through the predict the results from my predictions. I mean, and talk about some wrestling as well, and obviously along with some talking points in some of the football matches as well from matches that I remember seeing through match of the day or highlights over the weekend. So, as I say, get straight right into it. And it's kicking off with Luton versus Tottenham. I predicted an away win, which did happen. Burnley versus Chelsea, again, I predicted an away win for Chelsea, which they won. Everton Bournemouth, I predicted a draw, but Everton won this quite comfortably. Uh, I took Fulham to beat Sheffield United, predicted that, Fulham to win, they've done that. I predicted Brentford to beat Manchester United um, at Old Trafford, but they failed to do so, and Manchester United won the game. Uh, Crystal Palace and Forest, I took, predicted a home win, and it finished a draw. Um, I took, again, Liverpool away from home against Brighton to win. But it finished a draw. Uh, I also took Newcastle, who obviously had a very convincing win previous in the previous outing, um, and that they played West Ham at the London Stadium, and it finished two each. I predicted an away win. That's another one wrong for that one. Then Wolves and Villa. I took Arsenal Villa to win that one, but it finished a draw. And Arsenal Man City. Um, as I say, I took to either, I was thinking more of either a draw or a home win, and I predicted the draw, but in turn, it was a home win for the Gunners, uh, which leaves the top four looking like this, with Tottenham Hotspur leading by goal scored, I think it is, because I know the goal difference is pretty much the same. Um, but it's the goal scored column that I think is that they have ahead of Arsenal and that at the top of the table. And then, as I say, in second place is Arsenal. Then in third place is pardon me, Manchester City. And I just want to confirm with the Premier League table that it is Liverpool in fourth, which I am definitely sure sounds right. I'm just double checking that. Looking at the current league table as it stands. So, yes, so Spurs, Spurs top on 20 points, Arsenal second with 20 points, Man City on 18 points, and Liverpool on 17 points. And Liverpool have only lost one game, which was the game that they should never have lost, which was against Spurs. And that is still always going to be a top point this season. Now, we have had, as I say, the man who's in charge of the 
PGMOL, the referee board, and that which is hard web. Now hard web, everyone knows, was whenever he was refereeing, always didn't give a consistent game when he played or whenever he refereed, and that and the fact that they put someone like that in charge of referees tells you everything you need to know. Now is what I'm saying opinion based? More so, yes. But at the same time, when you look at the matches and the decisions that he gave for teams, especially, he was always known to be, like, whenever he came up against United, you were, he was always known as, like, oh, here we go again. You knew what was going to happen. And about eight times out of ten, it did. You know, you knew exactly what was going to happen. And, that, and it seemed to be a theme, and a, a recurring theme, with Greater Manchester referees refereeing teams that are either Man City or United against the likes of the form things like that, where they get the rub of the green with the big decisions and that. But how, I still don't get a how they got the, the decision that they got for not allowing Lewis Diaz's goal against Spurs. I'll never know. And the fact that they couldn't allow it, even once the ball was put out of play for a throw-in, they still, that was like literally 20 seconds after the game had restarted. They knew their mistake. They should have been able to, like, right, okay, you know what? We've actually made a mistake here, and the goal should have stood. What what would be the harm in that? They knew the mistake they made. The goal should have been given. They could have called it there and then. If they had said, like, oh, but it's the rules, the rules, rules. I was like, yeah, but you've got it wrong in the first place, so it should have stood. Do you know what I mean? They're not going to replay the game, okay? Add the goal on then, since everyone knows it should have been a goal. But they won't do that either because of see if this was Manchester City or Manchester United, they'd be bending over backwards to do something like that for them. But because it's Liverpool, they won't touch it. So that's why as Liverpool as a team are having to come together more so because they know they're playing against 12 players pretty much every time. And that because most referees are against them and that. If Liverpool get a decision their way, that VAR say like, yeah, yep, it's 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 it's, a, it's Liverpool penalty or Liverpool, whatever, or a goal given because it was all it was just to be offside, but then wasn't offside, and then Liverpool get the award for the goal, then that's VAR working, but because they didn't do their job against Spurs, do you mean if, if they had it done that if they had it done their job right, we wouldn't be talking about this today. So that's the point of all this whole thing. But yeah, but that doesn't conclude the weekend's football results and that. So predictions, as I say, from that week, out of ten matches, three of them were right. Out of those ten, out of those seven that I got wrong, how many of them were very were were cl- like were close either way? So, as I did say, Brentford. I took Brentford. They were one 0 up going into the last sort of, you know, seven, eight minutes of the game. And then United got a goal in, what was it, the 92nd minute to make it one each. And then they went and scored in like the 95th or 96th minute and went and won the game. Um, obviously, the Forest game finished a draw. No each, I obviously took Palace to win that. So again, it could have went that way. Um, again, with the Liverpool situation with Brighton, uh, finished two each. Brighton took the lead. And Liverpool went into the into the game at half time, two one up, 
on that threat penalty for Mo Salah, um, which the decision was controversial, not the penalty. The penalty was spot on, but it was the decision not to punish the player who made the foul on Sabaslai, who was in a goal score. He was in a goal scoring opportunity because he had the ball. He was about to pull the trigger and then he pulled back. And that, so he had the goalkeeper still to beat, but yet he's, he's like in front of him. Now, Virgil van Dijk got a straight red card for being the last man, and that was outside the box against Newcastle. Straight red card. But yet the Newcastle player wasn't bearing down on goal. And he wasn't in control of the ball either, which makes it more like, okay, why was this not given as a red card? And that other referee, ex-referee said basically that had a yellow card have been given and then obviously the penalty awarded, then they reckon that that might have sufficed in being that decision. They might have been happier with that. But I wouldn't have been. You're just... I mean, he's took like he's. Do you know what I mean? Like the Liverpool player. He stopped him from you know having a shot at goal or type of thing by pulling back, and pulling back and pulling back, and then obviously the penalty was given, and uh But he should have been. It should have been double jeopardy. People say like, oh, it was double jeopardy. Why he didn't? He wasn't sent off because they were given the penalty as well, but that's that's not the case. But as I say, who knows. Who knows? They seem to make the rules up as they go, you know. And it's and but it's but they shouldn't be. It's there in black and white. Everyone knows should know the rules. At the start of the season, that's it. Do you know what I mean? You know, same same with VAR. They should know the rules. The end of the day, why did you know VAR say to basically to start the game back up again when the lines weren't even drawn? When they, you know, yet so I so was it the referee that said like you know. You know, checking for you know possible offside. Obviously, if AR would have said checking for possible offside and all that, but I don't know. But yeah, and then as I say, we had West Ham against Newcastle, and um, finished two each again. As I say, it wouldn't have surprised me had the game went either way because West Ham did take the lead in that game, and Newcastle came back, and then the Wolves Aston Villa again. As I say, would have been at Molyneux. And that uh, home of Wolves Football Club, and that um, obviously you know there to Derby with them, and that so the atmosphere would have got the crowd would have got behind him, and that and uh, that helped him because Aston Villa have been scoring a few goals this season, and that um, so yeah, and then the fact that and then you had the match of the weekend, which was Arsenal versus Manchester City, so at, at the time it would have been, it would have been first. Or it might have been second against third at the time, sort of thing, which it still is now. But now it's reversed. Now Arsenal are actually above Man City, and that now in the table and level one points with Spurs, and that um going into the international break, and that which is this week. So there will be no predictions, um for football for for the, for for this week's episode going into next week. So, and because, so because of that, we will go straight into reviewing WWE Fastlane. Now, I actually didn't realize this, even after watching it, that there was only the, there was only five matches 
that were on the card. So we had Jade Cargill. Now, she wasn't involved in a match. She appeared at the building with Triple H and that, and she looked phenomenal. And as I say, it'll be interesting to see where they bring her in now. Do they bring her in before Survivor Series now that they've brought her in? Do they bring her, you know, you know, a crown jewel? Do they bring her in then? I don't think that would be the right call to make for crown jewel. I think maybe Survivor Series could be the best one to bring in for. Are they going to bring her in? Are they going to do it war games for Survivor Series for the women this year and that? If they do, will they announce her as being one of the last remaining members of a team? And that, as such, you know, on on the night, so it intensifies a crowd. Even though, like you know, the crowd might know, oh yes, set up for Jade Cargill, blah blah blah. And are they going to keep with that name? Because it seems as if that's what they're going to do. Because if there had been a change of name, they would have already said by now. It was like whenever Finn Balor came over to WWE, and even Shinsuke Nakamura, they both had different names coming over before they went on NXT, and that. So obviously they, they announced it that it was like whenever Finn was doing it, it was going to be so they announced that his obviously his real name on the site and then obviously it it went from so obviously whenever he was brought over to NXT it changed from that from Prince into Finn and then it changed and then he came out you know it came Finn Balor and that uh, and that was Kushida. Uh, at the time, who is better known to us now as Kenta, who, as far as I know, is still appearing at OTT and that um, in a couple of weeks' time, which I'm looking forward to as well. Um, so, as I say, on the subject with Fastlane, so kicking things off was the undisputed tag team championship match between champions Finn Balor and Damian Priest representing the Judgment Day versus the somewhat maybe unlikely tag team of JSO and Cody Rhodes. So obviously Cody Rhodes, you know, as I came back a couple of years ago in the WWE, took on Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, wanted, you know, to do the whole, you know, you know, finishing the story or continuing the story type of thing. And now the fact that that's kind of derailed a bit and that, and then obviously tag teaming up with JSO, who obviously, you know, he was in sort of cahoots with bringing Jay back in on the Raw and that making the switch over from obviously after the whole Bloodline stuff and that, and then bringing him over to Raw, teaming up with them, you know, in the, and then obviously facing off Judgment Day here for the Tag Team Championship in a great, really good match, really good match to start off fastly in. Uh, both teams going at it, and that, uh, and that, and what have you. And as I say, picking up the win was Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes becoming the new undisputed tag team championships. And as I was thinking to myself the other day, it's like, you know, they've brought out these new WWE championships, the, the World Heavyweight Championship, the you know, and obviously Roman Reigns is gold version of the, the universal championship kind of thing in that or is that or they're calling it now i think the WWE championship even though they've got you know universal championship still on it but will they make new tag team championships and that 
Now, they don't have to have like the side plates or anything like that because they keep chopping and changing every so often. That's probably why they don't have, you know, like in, like individual side plates for them as such compared to the way they do with the main championships and things like that. But anyway, the next match, as I say, was the LWO. So it was supposed to be a six-man tag team match featuring... Uh, Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits against the LWOs, Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, and I think it was one of the two um, other members from the LWO, but they were both taken out um, on a previous episodes of SmackDown, and because of this, none of them were able to compete, which meant that it was a three-on-two handicap match matchup. It was still announced, though, as far as I know, as a six-man tag team match and that as well. Um, but as I say, like I say, it started off um, as a three-on-two handicap match and that. And at one point, it looked as if Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar had no hope until Carlito showed up. There was a rumor going around all day and that as in because Rey Mysterio was on a phone call and that on Friday seeing what happened and that and as I say next thing you know we know that it turned out to be Carlito who was on the other end of that phone must have said yes to come down and he looks in phenomenal shape as well and he has done for quite some time so I'm not surprised about that you know whenever people say whoa look at this look at his condition and it's unbelievable um, and as I say, LWO and with Carlito picked up the victory. So what next for Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits? Will they go their separate ways? You know, or will Bobby Lashley hang on to them under the Street Profits? Who knows what's going to happen there? Will we find out in SmackDown this week? We know the big dog, the needle mover, the tribal chief, the reigning, defending WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns will be on SmackDown this Friday night. And what a Friday night to do it because it's my birthday, so he must have knew. He must have known. But moving on to the next match of the night, which was for the WWE Women's Championship. And Io Sky defended her championship against Charlotte Flair and Asuka in a triple threat matchup, which was a good match. And that, um, and then as I say, it looked as if, as I say, Charlotte was going to potentially win the championship, um, only for Io to get out of the submission that Charlotte had her in. And um, Bailey, who Charlotte or who uh, Io Sky didn't want originally coming down with her, came down. A good bit into the match and that and help Eosky out to successfully defend the women's championship and potentially set up a match between the two as well. Now, if they do set up a match between the two of them, will they stay as part of damage control? Will Eo go a separate way? Or is there going to be a wee turn there as well? So you've got still got Dakota Kai. And that who, as I say, she's not cleared to compete as, as of yet. 
but she will be back very soon. All been well. So you have that. Is there going to be a switch there? Is Dakota Kai going to switch around and maybe stay with EO? So no matter what, which and that, or is she maybe going to side with Bailey and stick together as damage control and kick EO out of the group? What are they going to do? Who knows? It's set up quite nicely for that. Then we had the penultimate match of the evening, of the evening where Jimmy Uso teamed up with Sula Zakoa, obviously with Paul Heyman, the special counsel by their side, taking on the team of the greatest of all time, John Cena, and everyone's favorite superstar with everybody saying L.A. Knight, yeah. And what was a really good tag team match with John Cena and L.A. Knight picking up the win, and John Cena picking up his first premium live event win in what is it four years which is staggering when you think about it but there again saying that he hasn't been involved in a lot of premium live event matches and that so people need to understand that it's it's the same with commentators of football they're saying like oh he hasn't scored in like 56 matches or whatever type of thing but he maybe hasn't played in 56 matches. He's like only played like a handful of games because he's been injured and he's just come back. And do you know what I mean? You can't just expect someone who's just came back with a long injury to start scoring goals all of a sudden, all, all again. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, so yeah, that was a good match. Um, before I get into this match, a special shout out has to go out to Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso for their wonderful performance, if you haven't seen it on the press conference and that it was hilarious absolutely hilarious one of the one of the most funniest press conferences that you would have seen from any wrestlers that have come out and done any press conferences like that it was hilarious check it out honestly check it out if you go on to either if you have the wb network go on to it if you have youtube i'm sure it's on there as well the whole the whole incident and stuff it'll be on there and now, without further ado, we move on to the main event of the evening, which was for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship in a last man standing match, which means the, the, the remaining man who, uh, say that if they can't get up by 10, by the count of, the referee's count of 10, whoever doesn't get up the count of 10, loses the match. And obviously, whoever gets up before the count of 10, and if their opponent still is down, is the winner of the match and it was between obviously the world heavyweight champion seth freaking rollins against the challenger shinsuke nakamura in what was one hell of a match and again this match could have went either way it really could have and i thought the way the, that everything has been panned out i honestly thought that we would be heading for a new champion there were so many times where Seth was down, where Shinsuke was down, and you thought, just stay down, stay down. You know, that type of thing, even saying to Seth, stay down. Your back's too sore, you're too hurt, stay down. And Seth, as we know, he's not a quitter. Same with Shinsuke, not a quitter. And they literally fought tooth and nail to the end. And what was a, a hellacious bite, one for the ages, 
and again it was Seth freaking Rollins who limped away victorious uh, from that match but I was really surprised that Damien Priest didn't attempt a cash in then because to me that would have been the perfect opportunity now was there a suspicion of uh, an injury that he had after the match um, that they had because his knee looked as if it buckled a bit during the tag team match that they had with Cody and, and Jay earlier in the night but I thought it was set up for that for that tag team match to be first so it meant that Damien could get a rest then the main event match and then cash in and become new world heavyweight champion didn't happen we now have a match set up which i will talk about very very soon because we will be going into the review of raw very soon and that as well because we know we have crown jewel coming up and that very very soon and that and then obviously after that then we have survivor series and then we roll into having the royal rumble very soon obviously in january and that where we are, will be on the road to wrestlemania so coming up to wrestlemania obviously there will be specials done and that um we keeping a close eye on action uh obviously leading up to that obviously the royal rumble obviously is one of the one of the events that everyone loves talking about you know who's going to show up you know you don't know who's going to be in it you know and things like that you know you're going to get ones here you know, I always remember there was one that they done a good few years ago. Now they had a, it was a forty man Royal Rumble, where they were able to get, you know, legends and things like that making surprise, you know, entrance and stuff and that and things like that. Superstars coming back from an injury and things like that. That always played a part in the Royal Rumble for me. On that, whereas trying to get obviously if you've got thirty superstars, you're going to take at least maybe fifteen from from Raw, fifteen from SmackDown and things like that, mix them up a bit. And that you know throw in the the odd one or two from nxt as well so you're you're maybe having to throw about maybe 12 and from raw and smackdown and then you know a handful from nxt into the rumble as well to see how they would do in the bigger stage now if now this is a big if if i was the likes of triple h and Shawn michaels looking into this going into the royal rumble if i was picking say four guys from nxt to step up maybe not so much on raw as such but like like even smackdown now we know dragon lee has from reports are saying has officially moved from nxt to smackdown and that um so as i say you'll not see him as much on nxt but smackdown for sure um but who would you like to see come up from NXT as well? You know, Braun Breaker, um, do they reckon he's good enough to bring up to Raw or SmackDown? We know he's appeared on Raw before, you know, even as NXT champion. And that, but does he have what it takes to, to be on Raw and to carry the brand? I don't know. And I think that's the issue that they might have with him, in a sense, because if they take him off NXT, now because he has been on nxt for for a bit for a wee while now and as I say, you look at dragon lee and he hasn't been on there as long and yet he's been called up to smackdown so why not with braun breaker you know former nxt champion you know 
what's what's wrong what's the deal with there you know is there something maybe going on there is, are they maybe thinking of bringing him in further you know maybe in, after the royal rumble and that or possibly potentially after wrestlemania so they might put him into the royal rumble match and that bring him up um and then or have him come out on the next night on raw after wrestlemania as a main contender for a championship so whether or not seth in the picture at that stage of being a champion whether roman reigns is still in the picture as being champion because obviously coming up to wrestlemania you know and things they got to face still champion as such you know what way they're going to look at that are they going to maybe look at you know giving someone else a chance to take the belt off roman type of thing and actually do it or are they going to have damien cash in on him at some point and become the new we champion that's always a possibility too you know so who knows but anyway so we're going to move on to the raw review and we're starting things up so we're going to mix it up a wee bit here so we're not going to start off with the first match of the evening but what we are going to talk about is an opening segment of raw so obviously we know cody and, and jay became the new undisputed tag team champions they came out celebrated a bit with the fans and that next thing kevin owens and sammy Zayn came out sammy Zayn shook cody's hand talked to jay said like we've, we've been through a lot um shook his hand and kevin owens was having none of it and that didn't but at the same time it's like you know he's just like i'm I was like i'll tell i'll tell simple i want a tag team title match and it was granted and it was made the main event of raw and then we had we obviously had the nxt women's championship on the line and becky lynch defending the championship against tegan knox which becky lynch then went on to retain and uh, we also had ivar from the viking raiders taking on kofi kingston of the new day in a viking rules match which Ivar won and um, a few good spots in the match as well with uh, Kofi Kingston using Ivar's beard and pulling him down and things like that. Then we have Drew McIntyre. So Seth Rollins obviously retained the championship against Shinsuke Nakamura and that, and a, as I said before, in a hellacious match, came out, celebrated a bit with a crowd and that, and then just as he was about to leave the ring, out comes Drew McIntyre, who, and then they had a bit of a moment with Seth, and Seth was like, you're not here to party. Drew shakes his head, and he's like, you're not here, you're not out here, out of scene, no. And then he's like, you, you want a title match? Shakes his head, says yes steps into the ring comes into the ring and uh has a wee bit of fun with them kind of thing and that about says like it's like you were once in a band i was like you know give me some give me some song and drew having none of it but he was slapping at the same time because it ribbed him a bit you could see you could tell it ribbed him a bit uh which was funny so i'm, I'm talking about 3mb um and that actually not not even 3mb what's 3mb they were in three-man band i think so because that was seth or not seth. 
He Slater. I was He Slater doing McIntyre and someone else, wasn't it? Uh, what do you call him? Oh. I know, I know, I know, I know off the top of my head. I'm trying to, it's just the name is. Um, no, it'll come to me. And I, I can picture him, Jinder Mahal. That's it. Um, I knew it was going to come to me, but they were, I'm nearly sure it was at three of them in, a, in the band, in the group, and it was called Three Man Band. And that, um, but yeah. Then, as I say, so we had Drew. Announcing that he wants to challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship at Crown Jewel, which is the next premium live event. And Seth basically says, oh, "So he's like, so he's like, he said to Drew, he's like, so you want you want me at one hundred percent?" And Drew's like, "Yeah, I want you at one hundred percent. I don't want you near one hundred percent. I say I, like, I want you as close as one hundred percent as possible." And Seth's like, "So you want me at one hundred percent?" I was like, "Okay." Okay, so you're not well title match now. No, no, Crown Jewel. Okay, accepts it, shakes his hand, leaves the ring, has a wee bit of celebration. The next thing, Damian Priest comes out and uh, hits him from behind, hits uh, Seth Rollins from behind, takes him out a bit, and he calls for a referee to come down and then someone obviously to bring down his belt, uh, his briefcase, and that, which happened to be Dominic Mysterio. But as Dominic Mysterio was coming down towards the ring, Drew McIntyre just stood there and said, not on my watch, threw the briefcase back, knocked down Donald, threw the briefcase back, and as I say, Seth was able to get up and cleared the ring of Damien Priest. And then, as I say, in a, in a wee segment in a, a bit later on in the, in the show, you had Judgment Day talking amongst themselves, and that, and JD McDonough basically saying that you know he feels it was his fault basically that they lost the tag team championships, and that, and to make it up for him that they that he wanted to take on Drew McIntyre, and that to show that you know that he's sorry type of thing, and that, and so that match was made Drew McIntyre versus JD McDonough. Turned out to be a squash match, and um, with a there were a big back body drop, which I've never seen. I've never seen anyone not so been thrown up that high before in my entire life on a back body drop. Jesus, um, and then obviously Drew McIntyre wins with the Claymore kick, one, two, three, um, and then as I say, we had a match that was set up as Nia Jax versus Raquel Rodriguez which started off powerfully and that and then all of a sudden Rhea Ripley comes out and basically attacked Nia Jax forcing the disqualification and Nia Jax wants a match by DQ but then Shayna Baszler also comes out but also but attacks Rhea Ripley by giving her a knee to the face and that so is that potentially setting up a match between them two? And obviously with the disqualification potentially forcing those two to have another match again. We will see what happens with that. Then we move on. Also, there was a triple threat match I forgot to mention about, which was between Ricochet, Shad Gable and Bronson Reed, which Bronson Reed won. And he's been doing very, very well. He's had a good year this year. 
I mean, I know he's had a wee bit of time off and things like that. I don't know if that's been through injury or or what it's been, but this year he's had a really good, um, he's had a good years. Any any matches I've seen him in, he's been very impressive in that. So he has, um, he's definitely one. He's definitely a future champion. I can see that. You know, he's got that. You know, will he carry the championship for a long time? No, but he's got that aura about him that he could definitely hold one of the major titles, whether it's on Raw or SmackDown. And there's nothing stopping him from even like being a North American champion, but being on Raw or SmackDown at the same time with it. Um, but yes, yeah, so going into the main event of Raw, which, as I say, was for the Tag Team Championships. So it's two Tag Team Championships as defences um, in, what, two days? So you had Saturday, well, three days inclusive, but realistically two. Because Saturday night, and then you had Sunday night, there was none, and then Monday night would have been, you know, so yeah. So you had, obviously, Cody Rose and Jay, so as the new tag team champions versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn as the new challengers. And match started off very well and that. And as I say, you know, going into the latter stages of the match, you know, there were super kick after super kick for a bit. And then to finish it all off, Cody Rhodes and Jay both hit a double super kick on Kevin Owens and set him up for what was called on commentary as the what was it the it was the the code d1d kind of thing and that which is obviously the 1d but with the cody cutter involved with it and that and it won them the match one two three and you have your tag team champions retain as cody Rhodes and jso retain the tag team champions and then like as i say also we do have up smackdown this coming friday night which again will be interesting to see what happens there obviously you'll have the return of the tribal chief wwe champion the head of the table roman reigns uh not that there's much of a table there because it's only really well i suppose in a sense it's him solo and well maybe jimmy Because Jimmy's trying to kind of fight his way back into the bloodline and that. Um, and he's not doing um, a bad job about it. Um, but yeah, so before I sign off um, on this episode of the podcast, so as always, I just want to plug in a couple of things. So obviously, this weekend, big weekend in wrestling in regards of independent wrestling north and south of the border. So as some of you know, there is a Titanic show uh, on the 15th at the Black Box in Belfast. Tickets are sold out for the event. Um, and as I say, it features a battle royal. The winner of that battle royal faces Titanic champion that same night, Steve Carvel, the view. So that will be interesting to see who gets the opportunity to face off for that. Um, 
I'm not entirely sure who I think there's ten. I think there's ten superstars in that battle royal. I'm not sure if the Dark Horse is one of them, but if he is one of them, he would be one. He would be my shout to win that battle royal, and he would be and then to take on Steve Carvel because he's had he's had such a good year. On, on Titanic, he's fought LJ Cleary, he's beat LJ Cleary, he's fought Tucker, he's beat Tucker, um, and so forth. And these are like top guys he's taken on, and, they, and he's beat them, you know, and they've made him look good, and he's made them look good. But in beating them, you know, it shows what talent he has, and that as well. Um, and he's also real. He's got a. He, he does do a good promo. Promo skills are very good as well. Very good, very good talker, and uh, um, and uh, very nice guy as well. But he won't tell you that. Um, and then, like I say, you do have Tuck Dog in the Battle Royal. You've got, as I say, I know you've got one half of the bar merger, the bar merger in that Battle Royal as well. And that. You know, so it's a who's who as who's going to win this battle royal. But as I say, Steve Carvel will probably tell you it doesn't matter to him who's going to win it because the view will always be on top. Meaning that Steve Carvel will retain the championship no matter who he faces at the main event on that show. Then we also have on the same evening. And that the hard knocks anniversary show which yours truly was supposed to get to but is unfortunately unable to attend it um this week um but as i say i have sources there that tell me that it's going to be an unbelievable show um there will be a new hard knocks champion crown as we did have a fatal four-way match up announced for that match featuring Justy, who made his Hard Knocks debut in the last show by coming out at the end of it to help Steve Savage in the unsanctioned match. Taking on two-time, two-time Hard Knocks champion, potentially two-time Hard Knocks champion, and Renzo Rose. Then also... In that fatal four-way match is the current number one contender for the hard knocks championship in the snake the leader of the draw sammy d current leader of the draw should i might add but we will get into that on another episode and last but not least in that match and i just want to confirm that it's definitely this person before I say the wrong name in this yep so as I say, so Justy, Renzo Rose, Sammy Day, who was the number one contender, and we have Raven Creed, who 
basically was the person who was represented in the golden ticket match that faced LJ Cleary um, at the last hard knock show to win all the tickets. Um, but she didn't actually lose the fall because hard knocks rules came into play, which basically because it was hard luck, it was there was a roulette machine came up and as I say the initial CBL came up, which meant CBL was thrown into the match and it was made a triple threat match and it was CBL that took the loss and not Raven Creed. So I think because of that, Raven Creed has been put into this match, made it into a fatal four way. And who knows, she could become the new Hard Knocks champion. But that will be interesting to see. But folks, that has been myself uh, for this week on the Golden Nugget, as in football and wrestling chat. And I'll say the Golden Nugget is basically the main heading. Football and wrestling chat is what I do. But because of football and wrestling chat is what I do, there's something that I want you to do that if you don't already do it. And that is to always acknowledge me. I've been Rob Gold. This has been the Golden Nugget. See you all again very soon for a special episode you don't want to miss. Ooh, 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 ooh.